You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm. Coming to you live from a brave new world full of wonder and charm, where nobody has to work or starve. A complete utopia. I am so very, very bored. I think it's time to record Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. No dinos allowed. <laughs> no dinos in this clubhouse. Hello, everybody. I'm Travis. Hello, everybody. I am Brandon. And welcome to, as they say, Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast, where we talk about all things Rick and Morty, all things adjacent to Rick and Morty, and anything you want to hear about Rick and Morty. And if you stay after the show, we'll talk about things that aren't Rick and Morty. And you'll be like, why am I still here? I don't know. But we're talking about it. It's I should probably go to bed. Why? <laughs> why am I still watching this? Um, yeah. Welcome, everybody. Uh, if you're a dino, get out of here. Here. I feel here. like in a, in a perfect utopia where we don't need money and everything's taken care of. We don't have to work anymore. We'd probably still podcast. We would. We would probably still, um, <laughs> probably still make content. The for great. The, internet. the great thing about podcasting for us is that we don't. We don't make money off of this, so it's essentially what we'd be doing. Yeah. It, anyway, nothing would change. No. Right. No. Um, except we wouldn't have to pay for hosting anymore, <laughs> which which would be nice. That would be uh, which reminds me that if you're new here, uh, don't forget to uh, head over to patreon.com slash apathetic enthusiasm if you want to support this show directly. Uh, you know, drop drop a dollar or two in the old tip cup there. Um, you could also join the stream live. Uh, as Brandon mentioned, we are streaming over at twitch.tv slash apathetic enthusiasm. You can also catch video versions after the fact over at youtube.com slash apathetic enthusiasm. If you want to reach out to us, contact us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Rick and Morty Pod over on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rick and Morty Podcast or on Instagram, Rick and Morty Podcast. Uh, send us an email, Rick and Morty Podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, your thoughts, your theories, your predictions. Uh, we're also scouring the internet over on Reddit, Reddit, uh, the Rick and Morty subreddit, Rick and Morty .com, or our subreddit, Rick and Morty Podcast uh, You can also find all of our episodes and uh, other Rick and Morty related content over at rickandmortypod.com. If you go to apatheticenthusiasm.com, what will they find over there, Brian? Oh, this month we have a special treat for, for you horror fans out there, which includes Travis, of course. Uh, big, big time horror fan. My, uh, myself, I, and Irene, uh, I and my buddy Kevin, uh, well, Kevin Reese, we are doing 31 days of Halloween horror over there on Apathetic Enthusiasm. We have 31 movies we're watching, and we are posting an article every single day. Uh, they're not good articles, um, especially the ones written by me. Uh, but we are, but we're we're putting them out there uh, because we, it is a personal challenge to us. And if you are fans of of horror, you are fans of Halloween, the month of October. Uh, then then have a have at it apathetic enthusiasm have at you it's on the it, have at you i made a special post on the page so it's it's always right there on the homepage now can't miss it can't yeah. miss it and yeah. and the reality is it's october uh maybe your schedule has been been freed up a little bit this month maybe maybe shows that you plan on watching every every sunday night uh aren't going to be on so so now you've got time <laughs> to watch horror films instead um let's discuss that and a little bit more in our first segment, the one that we like to call semi-pertinent news. All right, here we go. Here we go. I, I didn't I didn't have time this week to uh to write a new song. So semi-pertinent news. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay, that's good. That's good. Live. That was that was a live performance. That was that was, that and, was and hopefully it was captured on on for the audio listener. <laughs> oh yeah, no, uh, I I, yeah. I recorded it. I recorded every every single note from this one to this one to this one to this one and put them all together. So funky. Okay. <laughs> So funky. Anyway, uh, this this week in semi-pertinent news, uh, a huge news story to break uh, this week for us Rick and Morty fans. That's right. Break is the 
key phrase oh. in that uh, Rick and Morty is on a a six week hiatus. Um, Do you know why I did the news... funky music, Travis? Because I'm breaking it down. I'm breaking it down. Breaking it down for uh, the, the six week break. <laughs> That's right. Uh, there were there were some some mumblings on the Rick and Morty dark web this last week. Uh, some some tweets uh, suggesting that potentially the show may be on hiatus. Made official uh, after the airing of this week's episode with a little promo showing everything that we've experienced uh, and potentially a little bit more. Yeah, uh, and then and then saying that Rick and Morty will be back. With with new episodes to finish out the season on November twentieth, Brandon, how are, how are you handling this this uh, news as as it as it comes? As as a an avid Rick and Morty fan, <laughs> so avid. Um, I and and a podcaster to boot, an avid fan and podcaster for the show. Not for the show, but I do it. You know, whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying. You, I yeah. don't, I don't have yeah. to keep going. Um, no, I'm, I'm well aware, Brad. <laughs> I, I know that you have a vacation coming up. Um, I, you, in fact, <laughs> I know that. Uh, you know, it, on one hand, it sucks because I, I would love, I would love ten episodes to make their way, one to finish, um, sure. where we didn't have these these breaks. But we're kind of used to it in the middle of like, you know, Thanksgiving season. You know, there, there feels like there's always kind of like a, at least like a mini couple week break, uh, even in, sure. in the 10 week, uh, 10, 10 episodes a season. Um, but I think that because your your, your vacation, uh, because of other just random life stuff, I think I'm OK, I'm OK with this break here uh, because it gives us a chance to maybe reflect on some of the episodes to think about the six episodes that came uh, at the start of the season to where we can go into uh, the last four episodes uh, starting November 20th uh, to, to really just hammer home on it. And we, and we got, you know, we got a mid season thing. We got some other content uh, in, in between now and then. So I, I'm actually okay with it. I'm okay with planning it. Absolutely. out like that. Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I, if, if, if they had gone nonstop 10 straight episodes, I think we would have gotten the last episode right before my big vacation. Oh. So I th timing wise, it's fine. I will be coming back from that. Like I'll, the, the episode will air while I'm while I'm still on vacation. <laughs> um, but I'll be flying back like just in time to uh, be prepping for an episode. And then we may have to delay that episode like by a day. But um, other than that, not not major issues. I I do appreciate the time to reflect on the, the six episodes that we've seen so far and maybe um, look at them holistically and, and break those down in, in another episode. So some more content coming for listeners. Don't don't worry about that. Uh, we've talked a lot about Jerry in this yeah. in this first half of the season. Uh, so I think there's some some room to explore that character a little bit more. That's that's, yeah, a, so, that's that is an entire episode. And that is one of the yeah. episodes that, that you will get uh, in in this break. Uh, so if you're a fan of this show uh, and you're a fan of Rick and Morty, which hopefully you're. A, well, some people do actually listen mm. to this and they've never seen yeah. an episode, Matt. They're just uh, hate listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, we do have we do have some content again uh, to to fill in that six weeks. Uh, so so this next little bit of semi pertinent news, uh, it is. It's it's more pertinent than than not uh, because it is related to our the last episode that we watched, uh, which yeah. uh, was uh, you know uh, final desmithation. Uh, so I didn't see Sean Harsh submit this, but you saw it. Uh, yeah, talk to me about this, Travis. Uh, yeah, so this was sent over to us. Um, I think it was through through our Facebook page, um, but it was the idea that um, there were some protest support codes, right? So um, not to get too in the weeds about uh, geopolitical things going on in the world, but uh, uh, there is some some goings on between China and Hong Kong. Uh, there are people protesting in Hong Kong, and they are using certain codes online to share their support and get their message out. And it turns out that some of those protest slogans ended up 
in uh, in last week's episode. So if if you like go into when Rick like puts the the glasses on and is able to sort of have a augmented reality type thing where he can see different fortunes and things like that hidden within some of that information are some of these protest codes that are actually used by uh, Hong Kong protesters. So, um, you know, something I, I never would have noticed probably without going scene by scene, like I, I probably honestly wouldn't have noticed this at all. Um, but I think it's really cool that they were able to sneak some of those in and, uh, you know, send a message to potentially some fans around the world that, uh, that would see this, um, regardless of your political beliefs. So, yeah, we, honestly, I, I wouldn't have known what, what the code is, uh, what, what that, that hidden message is, um, if, yeah. if it had not been pointed out to me, however, I say, however, but it's just a segue to say, I always feel like whenever, when I see codes or, you know, stuff in designs of images in animation or, or just shows in general, that's, yeah. it's not random, right? It, it may be random, but it's created by a person. And, sure. and more often than that, there's, there's some, there's some meaning or some reference behind whatever is put there. It's just, just like set design. Once, when you start watching films or whatever, and you you stop to think and realize that a set designer put every single thing that is in the background of a scene where it is for a specific reason. Once you start realizing that, like you're like, Oh shit, there's a lot of work. Um, but anyway, uh, so I think it's really cool to that, that support is going out there for this particular scene, uh, for, for the folks out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't, wasn't entirely sure about it when, when Sean first sent it over, but then, Quick Google search found lots of articles about it, uh, which which you can you can definitely find out there now uh, after last week. So, yeah, um, yeah cool, cool bit of news. Uh, one other way less, um, I don't know, political type type of news story. But there's a new Rick and Morty book oh. out and available for purchase. That's right. It's a Rick and Morty cookbook. That's right. Rick and Morty, the <laughs> official cookbook. Uh, this uh, it's like thirty bucks out on Amazon, uh, for for a hardcover version, right? Um, I don't know. Like, I saw this, I was like, do I even want to talk about it? It it seems kind of cheesy. Like, okay, what what does a cookbook really have to do with Rick and Morty? But then I started looking through the samples. Bro. Oh, and tell me, more. tell me more about the samples. There's. There's a lot of there's a lot of recipes in here. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it up on the screen for the people watching, right? So um, feel feel free to I, I'll add this to my wish list. I guess you guys can go check that out. <laughs> um, it's broken up into breakfasts, appetizers, snacks, and sides. You got your main dishes. You've also got desserts and drinks. You can uh, there's a whole bunch of drink recipes in here, and they've got like really Rick and Morty type names, right? There's breakfast like. Fruity Land waffles. Uh, there's uh, there's Unity burgers. <laughs> you can get little bits pies, little bits fried eggs, little bits pizzas. Right, a little some bobbish potato chips. Uh, so a lot of Rick and Morty themed things. Some of the drinks you can make: multiverse mojitos, uh, anti pickle serum shots, fat of acid margaritas. All sorts of options. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if if you have a a Rick and Morty fan in your life that also uh, loves to cook. I I think this could be a a cool crossover um, gift. You know, holidays are right around the corner. Right. I, I will are. say a lot of these pages, the artwork in the pages is kind of sweet. Like they they include a lot of characters, a lot of like sight gags, things like that. Uh from from the Rick and Morty art books that I have, I will say that those are pretty entertaining um on their own like the way that those are written. So hey, maybe maybe these would be interesting cookbooks. To but get. this I don't but know. that but the art isn't what you're what you're getting out of it. You're getting it's the recipe. Culinary genius. That's right. God mode genius culinary arts. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. that. That's pretty cool. When I when I looked over at the Amazon page, I did notice that there's a bunch of other Rick and Morty cookbooks, but not official. Throwing it this out is there. The official. Look for James Asby. The official. Who wrote the official cookbook. It's a cookbook. And uh, keep this in mind for our <laughs> our annual Rick and Morty gift guide 
special yeah. extravaganza. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'd think about this. I'd, I'd consider I'd consider having this on the show. I would get, I would consider you having it on it as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll make you lots of little little bits. <laughs> tiny lasagna. I'll make you tiny lasagna. Mm-hmm. Tiny pies. Delicious. <laughs> get the fuck. Out. Uh, I can't remember what he said. Um, little bitch or what it says. Uh, okay. Moving on, uh, we're 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 hitting we're hitting that twenty minute mark. Uh, our our already our designated wow. threshold uh, for semi pertinent. We news. started late. It's fine. Uh, semi pertinent news this day. Uh, we have the Reddit post of the week. Of course, this Reddit post of the week is brought to you by B Sick Twenty Seven with five point so seven thousand upvotes. Eleven count them. Eleven. One, two, three, four, five, six, all the way to 11 awards, uh, which is which is pretty crazy. The title of the post is I made a GTA four style Rick and Morty loading screen. Uh, if you have not played Grand Theft Auto four or Grand Theft Auto five, like any of the Grand Theft Autos there, uh, the there's like a background that's kind of static. And then the picture in the foreground that's static, but but kind of like everything kind of moves uh, separately from each other. Uh, the foreground image is in color. The background is in black and white mostly. And yeah, that's what the video is. It's just, it's a Grand Theft Auto four title with Rick and Morty yeah. characters. Surprisingly, uh, I, I watched the whole thing. Cause I was like, this is pretty, I, I mean, it, it's, it's simple, but I like it a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's over three minutes long and a lot of characters featured in it. So I mean, yeah, like yeah. they they put in the work. They put in the work. They put and, in the work. Be be sick. You are totally sick. Twenty seven. So uh-uh. sick. Now you should change your name to be sick. One hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Because that's shit. Be sick. Anyways, congratulations on your Reddit post of the week. Be sick. Twenty seven. Woo! Yay! All right, all right. Um, uh, and now that we're moving away from Reddit. Let's get into the important thing. No, this isn't as important. Look, he's got too much uh, credit and attention all the yeah, time. Anyways. All the credits. It's Dan Harmon's social media minute. Dan Harmon's social media. He likes to sing in the kitchen and make up silly songs about coffee. It's the social media minute. Nice. Uh, all right. Dan Harmon's social media minute. Uh, I would love... All right, a little a little behind the scenes for the listener. Uh, the social media minute is always an interesting portion of our our podcast because uh, while we do stream live for for viewers that are watching along at home, uh, it can be a challenge for Travis to show a video off Dan Harmon's social feed that contains music or or something like that. Yeah, uh, because I want to show it, I want to share it, but then we get into like the editing with the podcast and things like that. And uh, it just it just complicates things, which isn't too which, which isn't which isn't which isn't too hard, right? It's not too hard for me to it's do not that. Too hard. It's just it's not too hard. Just generally, what happens is maybe about five minutes before we record, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I got the Reddit post of the week. Oh shit, I haven't <laughs> even done the intro. Uh, fuck it. All right. Well, I hope hopefully Travis doesn't pull a song out of his ass. Uh, <laughs> and then and then here you go. Hashtag Harmon music tag is the uh, caption on this one. Uh, that's right. This is Dan Harmon uh, doing an impromptu song on his Instagram about making coffee. Brandon, can we play the song? I think. Uh, yeah, let's do it right, right now. We're going to play the song right now. <laughs> I thought I'd have to make my own coffee. All right, that's it. That's it. And then he bounces up and down a lot, and Cody walks in off off, off the <laughs> camera. But uh, I, lo- I love my favorite part about that is Brandon's reaction because he cannot hear the song. <laughs> this is so uh, But anyway, he's, he's never I, been funnier I, in, in in that moment. And I just I'm I am dying over here just of of laughter. When you when you're in the cutting room 
and you're putting this podcast together and polishing all of the the sounds and the levels as you as you listen to this song and you and you try to insert it into this podcast you are gonna laugh i know laugh it's so good it's so good anyway there it is dan Harmon, social media minute uh that is it for semi-pertinent news thank you to everybody that uh tipped any any potential uh, news stories. If you come across a semi-pertinent news story that you think we should cover, uh, feel free to send that our way. Now it is time to leave news in the past and get into your favorite thing. The reason you timestamp this episode. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's time for the main thing. Okay, uh, so <laughs> it is season six, episode six, Terixic Mort, uh, air date <laughs> October 9th, 2022, written by Nick Rutherford, directed by Kyungi Lim, guest stars the great musician Lisa Kudrow and the famous actress Jason Mraz. Uh, our, our bronopsis for this week is their back bruh. Our synopsis. Travis, will you do the honors? It's time for some dino DNA. That's right. The dinos are back, baby. Uh, Obviously, this this title uh, reference is whereas Anatomy Park was Jurassic Park. We are going now with this is a reference to Jurassic World, not Jurassic Park, uh, because because the dinosaurs uh, affect the whole world. Right. That's okay. A, that was you know sure. Jurassic Park was a very self-contained story about Isla Nublar, <laughs> Nublar, Isla Nublar, right, right, and, and then uh, John Hammond he creates the park, right, based off a of John uh, a, a Crichton novel, right, at Crichton, whatever, Michael Crichton, Crichton, whatever, you know, and, Crichton, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never heard it pronounced Crichton before. <laughs> Crichton, not, not a not a single time in my whole life. Crick, Crick has Hatton? anyone been like, oh, I believe it's Michael Crichton. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. Anyway, dare you know argue it on, on your time. Dinosaur content, <laughs> uh, and and of course, uh, in this episode, uh, dinosaurs are back. Dinosaurs. Uh, the premise, of course, that dinosaurs did not just uh, go extinct but actually evolved to be super intelligent beings and then left the planet to go out and help other planets throughout the universe and have now returned to check on their place of origin only to find that humans are in charge and we're maybe not doing the best job of things. So um, some some themes from this episode. So we're we're, we're doing the whole digging into themes. And I think I think the major one for this this story is this idea of a a diplomatic takeover right like the the aliens the dinosaurs they they there's an invasion happening but they're not they're not coming like in a hostile way they 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 come in and they they talk it out and because they're so advanced in their knowledge and their thinking and their technology they don't really have to be violent they can just kind of talk us into giving them control you know you know what you know what this episode what that what that plot kind of reminds me of and and bear with jurassic me. world by michael crichton <laughs> bear bear with me he didn't write jurassic world okay that was colin trevara okay Sorry. uh who direct okay I'm done. what it reminds me of travis is when you're playing civilization and you're playing, say you're playing Civilization five or six with all of the expansion packs, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and and part of that is uh, cultural victory, the the religious victory. Uh, one of the ways you can win is by through cultural victory is, is send a big bunch of rock bands out, right? And you win by by tourism. Um, now the thing about that type of win in Civilization is, I, I like those wins by the way, is because you're not being violent at all. You're you're not being, you're like, I'm spreading culture around the world. I'm being kind. That really pisses off the computer players. They really, they really <laughs> don't like it. Uh, they want to fight. They want to fight you. They're like, don't, 
don't spread culture to me. I'm going to bomb you now. Um, and and essentially, that's what happens in this episode, right? The dinosaurs take over cultural tech, cultural and technological victory. And the humans uh, are they don't like it. <laughs> they, they don't they don't like yeah. being told to be good. They want to fight. They want to do things shittily. Uh, so I, I think is I think it's cool uh, to have this, as you wrote, a good and moral enemy. And I think they talk about it in the inside of the episode that exactly. Yeah. That point well, you talk about humans in general wanting to be able to fight, but one human in particular is Rick. Right? Rick is ultra intelligent. A they call him a godlike uh, being amongst uh, other other humans, and sort of on. At least he thinks he's on par with these dinosaurs uh, in terms of technology and, you know, scientific discovery and things like that. And he, in the past, has always used his knowledge and his capabilities to resolve his conflicts, often with violence. He's, he's, he's not above, you know, fighting his way out of a situation or just, you know, portaling out of there. Uh, but in this instance, he is faced with a foe uh, that is a good and moral enemy, right? And when he comes in and wants to fight or wants to create conflict, they are above it. They're like, "Yeah, no, we we're fine. We're willing to help you if you wanna if you wanna do interdimensional travel. That's fine. We've been there. We've done that. It's not really for us." Um, but yeah, you know, you do your thing. In fact. Here's some even better technology than what you've developed, you know, just in case you'd like to use that instead. And uh, it's it's almost like that killing them with kindness, right? Situation, yeah, but yeah. like on a on a planetary scale, where as much as Rick would like to somehow you know create some some actual conflict, they're just too smart to to get into that. There's a um, I, I, there, there's two thoughts I have. One is is a movie I just watched. Um, but before I get into that, like, I, I want to say the episode starts and Rick he generally he doesn't care. I right? mean, he's, he's fine with it. Uh, everybody else is like, uh, what are we doing? I don't know what to do, <laughs> um, right. which is how we get into to Jerry's little subplot. Um, but it's not until, you know, the president wants Rick to do something about it that Rick is like, OK, all right. Yeah, let me let me get after it. And that 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 challenge is is almost what drives him to try to be an asshole and and and, sure. and to take care take out these 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 dinosaurs. Yes, he has his intelligence, um, but there's almost just a, a sense of pride. Like, well, I really want to host the Oscars, so I'm really going to do my best to uh, take these these dinosaurs out in in one way or the other. And there's another element there where he. He's very suspicious, right? Like he, because of Rick's personality and how he chooses to move throughout the universe, he doesn't believe that anything that intelligent or that powerful uh, could just be outright righteous or, you know, blameless. And so his, his motivation becomes digging up the proverbial skeletons or fossils around the galaxy to, to figure out what they're hiding or, or, or what they're trying, they're keeping from people uh, to try and like out them. And uh, what he discovers, there is in fact something that, uh, you know, is, is, is unfortunate or, or is, is a, a damning for the, for the dinosaurs, but they're actually unaware of it themselves um, based on, based on their reaction within the episode. Yeah, and I feel I feel I feel bad for them because yeah, they 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 don't know that that their intelligence has created very unintelligent just you know asteroids uh as, that, as, asteroid creatures. Yeah. <laughs> uh they they don't know that. And and when when Rick first tells that to them, uh my first thought was like are they are they being sincere when they're saying like oh no, this is the first that I've, that I've heard of it. Uh, the first the first time I watched it, I was still like even I mean, up until the point where they're, you know, sacrificing themselves. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm kind of iffy about it after rewatching. I'm like, OK, no, it's it's more clear that they're just they're very like like 
they feel bad about it. Like they don't, they didn't mean to take, uh, to, to destroy all these, this life on all these various planets. They didn't know. They didn't know. They just thought they were going around doing the right thing, being good and moral. And it just happens yeah. to be that their that their good and moral uh, has, you know, <laughs> has uh, backfired on, on certain things. Um, what I, what I find is in- interesting is like, they go on this kind of like, apology tour almost right they go to they talk to joe rogan talk to anderson cooper talk to wendy williams um and all the major news outlets <laughs> all the major news outlets um and you know like they they they're creatures that don't they don't really have conflict right like i I, I thought about this about myself recently. This is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to go in. I'm going to talk about Brandon real quick. Um, mm, we're so, going to get into it on a very special episode of interdimensional RSS. I, uh, I got into like a weird little, uh, like tiff, uh, with, 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 with somebody recently. And, and then I like, I backed up, I backed up from the tiff. Cause I was like, well, is this, is this really that important? It's not really that important. Back it up. Tiff. <laughs> why, 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 why did I, fo- why did I focus on it? Uh, why did I even bring it up? Like it, it wasn't, it was such, so insignificant. It's not important. Uh, but the, the person I had the tiff with, I know on the other side is not going to let down no matter what, they're not going to have that same, that same, um, you know, a viewpoint internally that said, you know what? No, no, I'm, I'm right. And what, what I realized, Travis is I'm not built for conflict. I am built for conflict yeah. resolution. I want I want to to be like, okay, where's the middle ground here? Uh and and let's let let's 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 work it out. There are some folks that are so driven to be right and be the 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 one that comes up with the solution yeah. that uh that they don't see the other side of the coin. Rick is is the person I got in a tiff with <laughs> and I am the and I am the dinosaurs in this this situation. Not saying I'm smart as a dinosaur. I probably should have gone extinct uh, years ago as well, but there, there's, there's an interesting, you know, you, you get to the end of the episode where they're, they're forced to face, you know, the conflict. Uh, they, they decide to just go to Mars where there's, there's no life, allow these, these Android or not Android, uh, these asteroid monsters to take them out, destroy their society. And, and Rick goes there and and forces them really to face the conflict and and do something about it. Um, there's, a, there's a really interesting line from that scene where Rick says, you're in my world now. You don't get to be so smart that you remove yourself from everybody, right? This this idea that you're so smart, you're so above everything else that you can just be separate. And I think I think that's a little bit of an, an internal reference to the show, right? And some of some of the previous seasons, I think that we've talked about where Rick has has seen himself as an outsider because of his intelligence and because of his uh, experience across the universe. And so it's it's caused problems for him to relate to other people, to feel like he's part of the family, to have friends, right? The whole, you know, private pooper episode where he's, (laughs) you know, like he can't connect with people and things like that. Um, But it's interesting to hear those words come out of Rick's mouth because I feel like it shows a lot of character development that Rick is saying, you know, now, yeah, you can be super smart. You can be the most intelligent being around, but that doesn't give you the right to just detach, right? Yeah. You're, you're still from here. You're still part of this system and you have to, you have to be a part of it and you have to, to face it. You can't just run away. Um, and, and he ultimately forces the dinosaurs to, uh, to face their problem and, and do something about it. Yeah. And the dinosaurs ultimately help him, uh, fix one of his problems too, which, yeah. which, which he, didn't, which he didn't want. <laughs> they could have done a whole canonical arc about that. But, uh, my favorite thing about that is the writer's like ability to sort of just like dance around that and be like, Oh, there's a rift. We could have done a whole arc about it, but <laughs> We probably didn't actually come up with anything, so we'll just have the dinosaurs close it, but then talk all about, by breaking the fourth wall, about the cool story arc that we could have used that riff for. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I think I think that's so great. And, and there are a lot of moments within the episode that obviously it, it, it kind of starts the episode uh, talking about the rift on, on TV. The guy's like, eh, and that's yeah. still that's still here. Uh, a few of those 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 quasi canonical meta moments, even in the middle, like, no, no, it's it's canonical. And we need that. Um, yeah. And then and fixing it up. Uh, yeah, that's silly. Silly way. Um, there's this th- kind of changing gears, uh, going back to the dinosaurs. Harmon mentions on the inside of the episode this this idea of of dinosaur prejudice, <laughs> of um, thinking that we're we're better than them be, because we survived. Um, yeah, and I think I think it, uh, we're talking about dinosaurs in this episode, but I, I think it applies really to just the history books <laughs> as it is. Yeah. Uh, where's Atlantis now? Not not existing is where yeah. it's at. You know. Um, what uh, we just we just haven't had our our global cataclysmic event yet. That's mo- that's all we got going for us. <laughs> like you know the what, what about the other the, ex, the, the other extinct uh, buildings? You know, you know what whatever happened yeah. to? I don't know. I don't know because we're better than them. Uh, that's cl- right. Clearly, we have cars. Um, so USA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and I I do find it funny that and. I don't know, like, I don't know if this ties into the prejudice piece as much um, or it's just like a weird uh, editorial note when when they're bouncing around to all those different planets and you see how they've mixed up all the fossils. Uh, I think it's funny how we have like our established understanding of dinosaurs in culture and like what we knew of dinosaurs when we were kids is very different than the evidence and the research that's been done now yeah. 30, 40 years later to uncover more about how these creatures lived right. and how they may have, you know, gone extinct or evolved. And and so I think that idea that like, oh, we know what dinosaurs are like, like we we've got it figured out. And over the course of, you know, two or three decades, how how much can change in that? And it kind of speaks again a little bit to our preconceived notions or our confidence in what is right when, you know, a, a, another person might look at that pile of bones and come up with a completely different story. Yeah. And, and just a, as a matter of intelligence, we we put ourselves so so above uh, the animals and the bugs and uh, of, of, of the world. Right. We're we're, we're smarter than them. Uh, we know, we know the squirrels aren't podcasting, Brandon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we don't, we don't, it's been a long time since we've been buried nuts or whatever (laughs) the president says. They're also not paying taxes. That's true. Uh, so I mean, you know, they're, they're, uh, the, the, the idea of like bones being wrong, uh, like the various cultures getting bones wrong, like going back to when I was a when I was a young young boy, uh, I'm I'm 40, just to give a frame of reference. So old, uh, you know. When we talk about dinosaurs and the dinosaur books, I wanted to be a paleontologist. That's how much of a fucking loser I was. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's something I don't think I knew about you ever. That's yeah, yeah. new truths. But it's uh, it's, but it's. I realize that I have to be in the sun a lot. I don't do well mm. in the sun, right? Even with a wide brimmed hat. Um, but uh, looking at like the different types of dinosaurs that they had, uh, I, I forget which dinosaur they they named it. I don't know if it was, I don't remember if it was Brachiosaur, Brontosaurus, uh, Diplodocus. It was like one of those, right? That was, was not the, it, it's not a real dinosaur, uh, the reason they they created a new dinosaur was because they put like one of the bones on top of the head the, the wrong way. Right. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, actually, no, that's just this other dinosaur that that already that we already have a a name for. Um, Whoops. Which reminds me of the skull feet. Right. The, the skull feet. Yeah. Dinosaur yeah. The first, the first, like the, the going theory is that they crush their brains from walking <laughs> on their skulls so much. <laughs> Uh, but then, like, what is it? They talk about the amphitheater singing in the in the the crater. Yeah, we would have loved to have hear, heard them sing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Wonderful. wonderful, pretty pretty funny stuff. Uh, we we will we will talk more about some of the dinosaur bits here in a little bit. But one other 
uh, sort of six episode arc that has finally come to a resolution uh, in this episode is that portal travel is back, baby. Uh, and enough of Rick sort of being around the bush, getting into his process, uh, making excuses. He is he is finally buckled down mm-hmm. and fixed portal travel with that works as intended without any weird monsters, you know, coming out and eating the couch cushions. Yeah, uh, I mean, we we I, finally. It, I'm pretty sure that that is the that is the creature from the opening credits, right? The Cthulhu thing? Yeah, yeah, that that came out and ate the couch cushions. I don't know. I'm gonna look right now. Oh, oh well, okay. So while you're while you're looking that up, yes, Portal Travel is, is back. Um, a little bit, and maybe this is you know a commentary. Maybe this is what what the intent was. Uh, I think it's a little bit. It's back a little bit sooner than I think any of us were necessarily expecting. Um, sure. Uh, especially for like a, a, a mid, a little bit of a late mid season break. Um, I don't know. I, I'm glad. On one hand, I'm glad it's back, but on the other, I don't know. I could have. You know, uh, what am I? What am I talking about? No, the writers don't. What know what am I doing. talking? About? I. I am curious because the I don't know it looks it looks pretty Cthulhu like or or like yeah I mean um, it looks similar you you start sim- talking I'll look it up now it looks similar um I do find it interesting that we get this this hiatus right where portal travel is reintroduced um as the closeout to the episode it does it does kind of make I don't know, let's call it season six A, right? These first six episodes feel like a a a, a unit, a, a combined period of time in uh, Rick and Morty history where those six episodes are the time where portal travel was broken. And now we're going to get these other four episodes uh, after the hiatus, portal travels back. What does that mean for those last four episodes? Do they... Do they leverage the ability to have portal travel to go do, you know, more traditional Rick and Morty adventures? Do they bring more of that um, canon that they hinted at in the premiere with Rick Prime and things like that? Does that start to get rolled into these last few episodes? Do they tie together? Are they still kind of standalone? Uh, A lot of unknowns there, but I think fixing... we, we, We... hypothesize that portal travel might be broken for the full season maybe maybe the writers need it for for parts of uh you know the the last half of the season but um yeah i i think i don't know because when you watch it on blu-ray or on hbo max in like two years it's not it's not going to make as much sense like oh yeah there was a a month-long hiatus uh, after this episode, it's just going to roll right into whatever the yeah, next one is. Yeah. Um, but for us watching, you know, week to week, it does kind of give a sense of at least closure or, you know, bookends these six episodes together um, and give fans something to talk about for a few weeks while we wait for for the next episode. Yeah. I, going back to season five after the after the break. And then it everything seemed to be a fairly streamlined. There, there, there felt like a thread that led uh, into the the finale of season five. Uh, so I wonder if if that is is something we're going to see something similar going into the last four episodes of of this season. Um, if will there be another two parter? Will we see uh, Rick Prime again? You know who knows. Um, well, we see summer's 18th birthday. It's it's possible. It's possible. It, yeah, that's that's that was a that was a weird clip from because, that because it was it was the only new thing in there, with the exception of just say next time on Rick Rick and Morty Morty. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's good. Uh, real, real quick aside, while I've got it on on my on my head in in the subreddit, there's a lot of folks talking like. Uh, I think they made a joke a couple episodes ago about how many Thanksgivings have we had um, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then summer's 18th birthday. Uh, some folks in the subreddit are like, why aren't they going to ever going to age these, these characters? 
uh, which seems, which I, I don't know how, how, I don't know how, I, how much I care about that, that, yeah. especially since I've been watching the Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors <laughs> all month long. And obviously I think uh, somebody makes a joke like, yeah, uh, I've been 10 for 28 years or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is that aspect, right? Like if you try to age up Rick and Morty with, you know, a realistic timeline, like Morty would already be like an adult. <laughs> like he, um, the show would, the show would change drastically if, if they were growing up, you know, in the same timeline as, as us watching it. So, um, I, I, I am fine with them rolling a Simpsons type, Hey, they're ageless. They always, they're always in that same age. Um, but taking some liberties and maybe like, okay, now let's age them up a couple of years and see how their personalities change or how the, the dynamics change within the family. Summer turns 18. How does that change? Does she move out? Does she stay with the family? Like, does she, you know, go get a job? Like what, you know, what, what is, what is that change for her? Yeah. Maybe Morty's the only kid in the house now. Okay, we can run a whole season with, you know, what's going on there. And Boring. You know what it reminds me of? Boring. <laughs> it reminds me of The Simpsons, where The Simpsons, uh, there was like the way we were, where, where Homer and Marge met in high school and uh, yep, the Carpenters yep. played, right? Uh, and then over the years, they they could, they would make new episodes where, like, now they're in the 80s. that They meet, they met in the 80s, or then they met in the 90s, and they're, they're doing grunge stuff. And in... Not all Simpsons fans like that, right? They're not they're not fans of of like being like, no, what? That's not how it's not can it's yeah. not canon. No, that's not canon. It's that's consistent. That, that breaks the Simpsons timeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way yeah. the way we was. Okay. Anyway, uh moving on. Anyway, moving on for that. Uh it's definitely the Cthulhu or or the thing from the title sequence. Definitely. It's definitely the same thing coming out of that portal. Okay. So for fans that have always been like, where's this thing? When are we going to get it in an episode? There you go. Live action. You got it. Season six, episode six <laughs> in, in the pre-credits cold open. That's where you get your, your Cthulhu stuff. There we go. There we go. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about our favorite bits of the episode. Bits. Uh, yeah. Our favorite bits, of course, of course, all the Jurassic Park uh, references. <laughs> the, I cracked up, and I'm sure, I know I know you did too. When Morty said said like clever girl about the portal with the, the that you can see through it. Yeah, and, and then. Uh, <laughs> but what I think is even funnier is when Morty references <laughs> that he's made that reference later. And Rick's like, sorry, I was mad. Like, you like you didn't even acknowledge it or you didn't even say anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that's because uh, Rick says, call me Laura Dern because I'm going to be elbow deep in dino do. Uh, get it, Morty. Get it. Do you, yeah. you want to you feel old, Travis? In the subreddit, there's a whole shitload of people asking a question of who's Laura Dern? Look it up. I respond mostly with a gift from Jurassic Park. <laughs> I saw Jurassic Park in the theaters like. I think that was the first movie I saw three times in the theaters, like on its first run. Hot damn. My, my, my first, my first adult novel written by Mikkel Crichton. <laughs> <laughs> Mikkel Crichton. Uh, another uh, Jurassic Park reference uh, when they're at the basket dinosaurs planet mm. uh, and they talk about how they're making movies about cloning them in theme parks. Uh, so yeah, lots of, lots of Jurassic Park type references. Uh, Jurassic Park, which won a an Academy Award, or as we know it as an Oscar, uh, Oscar. we know <laughs> one of our favorite bits uh, was everything at the Oscars is scripted, even that one thing, uh, which which had to have been it had to have been it's open ended, but the very recent Oscars contained the slap heard around the world. Uh, and they are, maybe they're making reference to that. Maybe they're making reference to literally anything that's ever happened at the Oscars. Maybe, maybe they're making a reference to when Marlon Brando, uh, didn't want to accept the Oscar. And so he, uh, he had a, a native American woman, uh, go up on stage and give a speech on behalf of yeah. the and, uh, in Hollywood hated, hated her, uh, and gave her so much. Maybe, maybe they're talking about that. Maybe they're talking about that. Yeah. I mean, it's a deep cut. But I think just recently they like gate like apologized to her officially or something and like 
gave her the Oscar back or something. Oh. Like, I feel like they just recently tried to. Maybe, maybe they're talking about retcon that situation a little. Maybe bit. they're talking about when um uh what's her face uh said the wrong name uh, <laughs> when she had the. I'm a John Travolta. Oh no no no! <laughs> that was scripted. That was definitely a scripted. Yeah, movie. he definitely meant to say Adele Dazine. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm talking about uh, the famous actress who was in Dunstan Checks In. Uh, <laughs> I forget her. I forget her name. Your references she was are in, she was not L.A. Confidential. No, 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 no. Um, uh, not Taxi Driver either. No, no. The 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 what is known as the best screen uh, screenplay ever. Um, uh, damn it, I can't remember it. Shit, that's gonna bother me now. Oh no, my internet. That's how bad it was. Music. Uh, because because Travis's power went out and whatever we were talking about before, I don't know. He doesn't know. Nobody knows. It was imp- it was important. It was uh it was it was it was about favorite bits. We were talking about Oscars <laughs> and everything being yeah, scripted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's let's get to these other bits that we really love. Oh, One of those, we're course... talking about we're talking about the the actress uh, from Dunstan checks in. <laughs> That's right. Not, not L.A. Confidential. I had all that time to look up the movie, and I. I That's never right. Did. I was literally googling <laughs> Dunstan checks in, and that was the keyword that kills the power in my house. Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna look so it up I'm not going to re-Google it. If my we're pa- not going to do that again. Faye Dunaway. When Faye Dunaway. Faye messed- Dunaway. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. Uh, moving on to other favorite bits, uh, <laughs> the the skateboarding dinosaurs. Chinatown. Oh, that was the movie. Okay, we can go. We can go. All right, skateboarding now. dinosaurs. I love those in the post credit stinger. Um, <laughs> that, that song. That song is a good song too. It, it is really good. I, I love like, um, like like little subdued like dinosaurs, <laughs> Dino Boy or whatever he says. Uh, like I like that there. Uh, uh, the chaotic uh, the, local the, news the chaotic. Yeah, oh. so this made me think of uh, Sizemore a little bit, who who <laughs> it works in morning news. Uh, but the fact that they cut directly from like dinosaurs invading Earth to Pete's Pizza Corner, where he is reviewing a slice of cheese pizza, uh, <laughs> and just how how common that is in morning news to have like really bizarre things juxtaposed right next to each other in different segments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over in Egypt, uh, we got. Like, hey, try to invade us. Look what happened to the mummies. And then then they said, see the dinosaurs, mummy Mia. (laughs) I did not catch that line until I watched it like the second or third time with captions on. I'll usually make sure captions are on Uh uh, in one of my viewings so I can see what all the lines are. And when it it said mummy Mia, I was like, okay, that needs needs to go in the show notes. We're back, 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 we're back. Here we are. Look, the thing is, is is Travis is gone. Uh he's he's gone. The storm that exists in the Midwest tonight uh is screwing him up. So it's just me for the rest of the time. We were talking about favorite bits. Uh we we got through our mommy Mia, uh, which which is one of ours. We're just about to go into the Marvel movie mentions that were were on both of our favorites list. Uh talking about the MCU films, the endgame reference, uh, and then the dinosaurs then ending it with uh, maybe you can round out that ant-man character uh, which is a great little thing we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks uh, talking about all the marvel writers uh that came from rick and morty jessica gal michael waldron and of course the guy who's writing quantumania and then uh, the king dynasty which is jeff loveness uh looking forward to that i thought that was a nice little uh dig or maybe like a, like a friendly barb a friendly barb at old jeff uh uh beth doing the horse operation was one of them uh so bored that she can't work on horses now she just has to play operation on on horses uh the moving on to the jerry's pc navigation such a weird little segment uh, of him going through there going it, it if you have ever watched any of your your parents or maybe brothers or sisters or me uh, navigate and be like, where did I put that? Huh? This looks like this button. Click, 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 uh, and and see how kind of uh, inane that that is for him to get his novel, uh, which he got zero credit for. Uh, which ah, poor Jerry, poor Jerry. Oh, I think we all empathize with him um, because we're all Jerry's secretly. 
the I'm a huge Westworld fan. This late, late latest season of, of Westworld was great. Um, and it hasn't been renewed yet, uh, which which would suck potentially. But anyways, there is a line in there. How often are you Westworlding me? Uh, the president says it to Rick as as a uh, bow, the uh, barbecue rib man uh, turns out to be a robot uh, just trying to incept the president uh, to get uh, <laughs> uh, Rick as the host of the Oscars. The dinosaur is asking Rick, have you been on a plane? Of course I've been on a plane. That's one of our favorite, favorite bit. Dropping into the vert, referencing that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, referencing part three, which I don't think is the best one. I don't, I don't think that's on anybody's like, well, maybe it's on a few of uh, folks best of the pro skater series, but I generally go with Tony Hawk two. The fact that he references it is fun. And the little projector bot, just very kind of a side, like, okay, here I go. And then it projects uh, the information about the dinosaurs, doc Manhattaning me. Uh, that was a, a nice little reference. DC comics. Um, you know, Watchmen, who watches the Watchmen, who watches Rick and Morty? I do. And then finally, I, I really dug this. It's very, very small callback in a season of very small callbacks into like season two. Uh, there is a, a small, small clip of eye holes, eye hole man in uh, right before the, the news story at the beginning of the episode. A few of the best, worst parts I don't think there's any necessarily worst part of this episode. The very best part that I think Travis and I both agree on is the music. We're fans of the music, the Dino name song, Elvis Soros being being a, I'm a fan of that one. Uh, the man made disaster song, which is the kind of the sequel to that. And then the Dino skate song, which we talked about a little bit earlier. OK, uh, actually, uh, there's one more. It says Oscar host Rick. Travis asks, was this the best or worst? I liked it. I wouldn't put it as best or worst. I would put it right there, smack dab in the middle. By the way, trivia, I was most likely to host the Oscars in high school. Okay, that is what we have for the episode. Um, do us a favor, go out to Twitter, go out to Instagram, go out to Facebook, uh, go out to Discord, I don't know, or, or the Reddit, and let us know what you thought of the episode. What did we miss? What would you have rather us explore a little bit further? We would love to hear it and we'd like to, to interact with you. And speaking of interacting with us, there are folks who have interacted with us. Damn Fast Splash making the comment uh, on our Twitter. I really dig that the most successful thing Jerry ever did was bookended. See what I did there with a world that couldn't acknowledge his success. Poor, poor jerry and also congratulations on that bookend joke i really appreciated that uh yeah it it sucks um that he finally gets like the the most intelligent creatures that exist in in the world acknowledge the simplicity and the importance of this this guy's writing and then don't give him any kind of credit and i think that is to me the dinosaurs that is like the most petty thing that they 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 did I can understand them being petty towards Rick uh, because Rick is being actively an asshole, but Jerry just wanted to get recognized uh, and they kind of belittled him a little bit. And so I, eh, you know, I, you know, I kind of wish the asteroid would have killed him. Anyway, uh, I think that that's, I, we, we have had some more uh, Twitter, Discord, email interactions. Uh, I apologize. I don't have those all in front of me, but I just, I promise that I'm reading those. Travis is reading those as well. Uh, we thank you so much for for hanging out with us uh, week after week. And especially as we go into the now six-week wait. Uh, next week, I think we're going to try to have a recap episode. And then the week after, oh, we got it. We got a special interview with Alex Fearer and Fred Stressing, who are doing the Rick and Morty 100th issue of the comic. So we're going to have them on for a brief interview. And yeah, they might have a little bit other news uh, under another belt as well. That is all I've got. Uh, Travis is probably drowning. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say that. Maybe he's he's floating. Yeah, he's floating in a boat in Oklahoma and fishing. Pretty good, pretty good fishing out there. They have the, Oklahoma has the largest amount of shoreline in the, in the states. I don't know how that works, but 
Okay, until next time, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for being part of the show, being a fan with us. And I'm Brandon. I'm Travis. That's not Travis. He's he's not here. And we'll see you next time on Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast.